we live in Victoria, right? And Victoria has a bunch of whale watching companies. A mistake from one of those companies will be, I want to come up for things to do in Victoria. Another mistake would be if you go for tours in Victoria. There's culinary tours, winery tours, movie theater tours, historical tours. So you're coming up, yeah, for a search of a person that's looking for tours in Victoria. Well, there's a wide array and you might be wasting money and time on those people, right? Instead, find those audiences on YouTube, show them a video about whale watching tours in Victoria. Like I said, things to do in Victoria, click for that. There's no clicks on the wrap-up. So you're gonna pay one, two, three, four, ten dollars for that click, while paying for a view on YouTube is gonna cost you three, five, seven, ten cents. Hey retailers, ever feel like your shopper experience feels just like everyone else's? That's probably because it does, and it shouldn't. Lucor matches online shoppers with the products they'll buy next across channels like email, on-site, paid media, social, and SMS. With Bluecore's retail data and predictive intelligence, brands automate personalized content, offers, and recommendations for each individual shopper, enabling brands like Noble to increase conversions by 15% and drive a 46% increase in repeat buyers. Visit Bluecore.com to discover why brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss chose Bluecore to automate and scale their multi-channel personalization. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. I'm Eric Dick. And today I am here with Saul, head of our Google team, as well as Kyle Hitchcock, co-founder of Pilothouse. Let's just jump into, you know, you're leading up the Google division. I've seen some crazy numbers come out of Google uh, over Q4. Is it safe to say that Google is less affected by the data fidelity issues caused by iOS 14.5 than is Facebook ads, Saul? Yes, 100%. Um, there's a, a couple of things there. Why? Uh, one of them, obviously, intent on the search side. And then also intent on YouTube. YouTube is like, we've said it here a bunch of times, right? It's the second largest search engine. So there is intent there too. Um, targeting then is done by the people, like people are targeting themselves. There's no need to go look for them. They're self-defining, right? Um, so that on the side of the targeting um, uh, part has pretty much been a non-issue. And then on the tracking side, which I know that our Facebook um, colleagues also have some trouble. It hasn't been an issue because Google got ahead of the curve. Uh, first of all, they, they, they didn't get into this like PC match with, with Apple, so that helps. And then the other one is um, Google has been, and that's why they were proactive about that whole like uh, no cookie internet and all that stuff. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not going to track people anymore. It just means that they're modeling better. They've been doing this modeling um, for conversion tracking for over three years, and that's how their return on ad spend uh, bidding systems work and their CPA systems work, enhanced conversion tracking, all that stuff, that's all modeling. It's, it's, it's AI. That's what's helping Google like not lose any or very little data. And it's all part of the same thing. It's because it's embedded in intent. You're not having to interrupt someone in a social feed and then find the perfect moment to interrupt them again kind of thing. You, you get them in those moments where they're looking for things with the intent already baked in. So that's going to help on their data side of things. And it's going to help in the fact. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. Say, Eric, I mean, you know, Google has a suite of products, right? So I think you're referencing search specifically, obviously very high intent. YouTube as an example is actually comparable to YouTube in that it's just promotion marketing. Totally. Um, okay, well, let's dive into some of these ways. You know, we the, the premise of this podcast is five ways you can improve your Google suite, not just your, your search ads. Uh, so Saul, what would you say is the first number one thing that you think people could do that maybe they're not doing out there to improve their uh, their Google suite game? 
Yeah, so we just talked about how goal is about intent. Um, I think a lot of mistakes or a lot of when people come to us, the first thing that um, people think that they should scale Google is by um, using broader keywords. Uh, and by that, by that, I mean, you know, it's very different when you say, um, I'll just uh, an example, um, mobile bike mechanic, right? To bike mechanic, they're, they're, they might be related, but they are very, very different. And if your service is to be a mobile bike mechanic, you're better off spending money on mobile bike mechanic on the search side and then putting money on YouTube to show people how a mobile bike, bike mechanic is much, much better and a better option for you than going to a bike shop. Um, it's more convenient, same price, etc., etc. You show them that on YouTube. You try to drive action on that YouTube video. Um, so then that when a person is looking for a bike mechanic, they don't look for just a bike mechanic because then you're you're competing for the same keyword as other people that maybe have the different service or will result in the same uh, result for the person. But you're competing in that more and more competitive environment. So just get to them with YouTube. Uh, they're still in that you know, biker audience or, or looking at biking videos or how to fix your bikes, all that stuff. Um, so then when they look for a mechanic, they just come and look for your brand name for the mobile bike mechanic. And then you don't even have to bid on the on, on the whole generic side of things. It's much cheaper because a YouTube view is cheaper than a generic bike mechanic click. Um, and then you get them unbranded, which is also cheaper than a generic click. So you got them for a buck fifty, let's say, instead of three or five or ten dollars, right? So hey, Saul, can you talk about that interaction? So are you talking about joining your search terms with your YouTube strategy? Yeah, exactly. So basically, what you need to do when people come to us to scale on Google, um, usually the conception from people is, "Oh, I want to scale on Google," um, and I'm like I said, I'm. A, I'll give you another example. Here we live in Victoria, right? And Victoria has a bunch of whale watching companies. They're all whale watching tours in Victoria, right? So a, a mistake from a, a, a one of those companies will be, I want to come up for things to do in Victoria. That's like super far away. And I, I will even say that uh, another mistake would be like scaling that way is super wrong. And then the next thing I would say is if you go for um, tours in Victoria, that's already like one step removed because tours in Victoria, there's tours for, you know, the Butcher Gardens, which is a well different experience. There's tours for culinary tours, winery tours, um, movie theater tours, historical tours. So it's a very different range of people. So you're you're coming up, yeah, for a search of, of a person that's looking for tours in Victoria. Well, that's still like there's a wide array and you might be wasting money and, and time on those people, right? Um, but instead, if you're looking to get into those people's people doing that research of things to do in Victoria, they're coming to Victoria instead of, you know, coming up for the things to do in Victoria click. What you do is you find those audiences on YouTube, you know, travelers, etc. people that are coming to Victoria, people that have looked for plane tickets to Victoria, all that stuff, hotels, and show them a video on YouTube about whale watching tours in Victoria. Then you're not spending, like I said, things to do in Victoria, click for that, it's still you know, on search. There's no clicks under a buck, like no significant valuable clicks under a dollar. So you're going to pay at least one, two, three, four, ten dollars for that click while paying for a view on YouTube is going to cost you three, five, seven, ten cents. And a click on YouTube is going to cost you maybe two dollars. So 
it's a no-brainer. And it'll be pre-sold by the video. Exactly, exactly. Pre-sold so, by the video, filtered down by the video, in the same way that video content filters intent and, you know, on Facebook uh, in, in some ways. And then you're, yeah, that's, I, I really like that. It's, and it's, I've just been doing keyword research for, for D2C using some of the powerful tools that, that, that you guys have. And it is amazing the way, just as you get into keyword research, the more you telescope in on words, what implications you realize that it has, like we're, we're talking about keywords that we might want to rank for on D2C. And it's like, you know, get started with digital marketing or digital advertising. The, the, I'm like, I see the impressions that are available on these incredibly broad terms, but first of all, it's going to be very hard. going to take a long time to rank on those very generic things. And really we don't want to be ranking for people who as much at this point in, in, in where we're at for people that are just learning and wanting to like make money in this space. We want to rank for the terms that people are inquiring about once they've worked in the space for five years or, or a year or, or something like that. Right. Exactly. And, and, and that's, um, and that's actually a part of our, our strategy to scale people. And we try to now more and more, we, we, we try to be very um, up, upfront about that with clients. It's like the best way to scale, like, you know, search is not top funnel. Search is mid funnel, bottom funnel. Even generic search should be mid funnel, bottom funnel. Uh, if you want to use Google suite of products, uh, the best product to use top funnel is YouTube. Like we all know, you know, the Herman Brothers story, et cetera, et cetera, for action, for conversions. Yeah, that works. But it also works in helping you get that other brand awareness and then convert through branded terms. Like it's way cheaper to convert on a branded term. And you can see brand revenue start going up and up and up when you have a, you know, a, a decent top of funnel YouTube campaign with a decent budget and then branded search um, at the same time. And not to get too far away from, from the Google conversation here, but even, you know, off of TikTok, off of Facebook, we always see like 35% balance and they're coming back in through those Google keywords. It's not just YouTube to Google experience. You, you kind of have to have the whole, the whole gambit covered, um, with, you know, search solid. I really like the way you frame that kind of middle bottom of funnel, mm -hmm. but you just have this stuff on the, on the top of funnel to really get people excited. Exactly. How do you determine how to frame the content at top of funnel? Is it a matter of looking at your keywords, looking for the, the ones that are so general that you know there's a lot of traffic in, but you need the video to kind of filter them down? How do you go about finding what you want to aim that YouTube content towards? It's also keyword based. Like uh, a lot of the uh, initial keyword research we do on most of our accounts, it's not only done for search. It's also done for um, YouTube audiences and display audiences and, and, and similar audiences to those. Um, you can also create, uh, it's called custom intent audiences, which are a combination of keywords and websites, for example, competitor websites, that kind of thing, or related websites. So you can actually create those audiences to target your YouTube videos too. So if you are a whale watching company, you can create a custom audience, a custom intent audience for Victoria Hotels. That That's only for the last 30 days, let's say. So that you're seeing people that have come to those uh, websites for Victoria Hotels in the last 30 days, and then you you just show them um, you show them those those videos or cruise companies when when we used to have cruises. Um, you if you find out which cruise companies are docking in Victoria over the cruise season, then you just have to target people that are coming in those cruises to Victoria during during that season with with the YouTube videos about whale watching. So they they actually need something to do in Victoria while they while they stop by. So. And in, in terms of like, I know, I know we've always had YouTube as part of our, of our top of funnel strategy, but I get, I bet over Q4, we spent more on YouTube than we'd previously spent. I would imagine it says, you know, you say it'll pay off. How did it pay off in the, in the accounts that, that we ran this strategy on? I, I have uh, some concrete numbers actually. Um, 
our breakdown right now is about 70% search, well, 19% spend on YouTube of all of our accounts. Um, and that has been increasing, right? Like, at, at, let's say three years ago, it was about 85% uh, or 95% search. And, and, and uh, it's not that search uh, spend has gone down, but search spend has gone up at the same time that YouTube spend and spend YouTube spend has gone up quicker. Um, and I think that we broke records on all of our e-commerce clients for, for, for Q4. I love that idea of percentage. Is that is that 19-20%? Is that where you see it sitting or do you see it even being more of the suite by the end of the year? No, we actually yeah, we actually have a goal for 2022 that we want to be um at least at 23% spend on YouTube and and the the the, the like moonshot will be 25 to 30%. You know, and I'd imagine so that largely just comes down to the type of clients, but also because um, th- those ratios internally may not make sense for another company. I mean, there's heaps of companies that would spend, you know, 90, 90% of their budget because they found a pocket on that traffic source. And so mm. you know, when we're looking at our suite of clients and kind of, you know, the search, the search category as a traffic source, um, surely, and I'm aware of certain clients that, you know, the majority of their budget actually is on YouTube. Um, and I think, you know, operationally, just strategically with intent, we're pursuing YouTube as, as, a, as a bigger opportunity because it is such a great traffic source. So increase your YouTube buying, it will pay off. Suffice it to say, listen to us here on All Killer No Filler. Uh, so number two, what's your second hot tip for improving your Google Suite experience? This is one that we've touched um, on the past as well. I think one of our first podcasts with uh, Richard, uh, shopping feeds, right? Make sure that your titles and descriptions are optimized for search. Uh, the AI is getting better and better, so um, you can get away with some, you know, branded um, or brand-oriented titles and descriptions. And by brand-oriented, I mean just the name of your product, like your brand calls it. You know, some <laughs> um, shoe companies name their shoes like people's names, right? Like the 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 Jamie or whatever. If you just call your shoe the Jamie, um, Google is getting better, but it's not great yet. So it's better to have. Uh, those titles and descriptions optimized. And if you are brand sensitive and you don't want your site to say, you know, the Jamie uh, black leather uh, pump shoe for women, because it sounds long and terrible, then you need to make a manual feed or have a, one of the, you know, there's other different apps that you can use for a secondary feed that doesn't grab from your website, especially if you're using Shopify, that API just grabs from your website. Um, so it's better to, to have a secondary feed source um, where you can actually you know optimize for search using titles that are using keywords um, that people actually look for. Is this something a lot of people do? This seems like a, like, is this this whole idea of like creating manual feeds for products? Is that something you think a lot of people do or is that a pretty slept on thing? I don't think so, uh, especially since, you know, Shopify and Google go together and we get a lot of uh, Shopify clients. Um, there's an API. It can does it for you. It works. For some clients, it works very well. Uh, but for others, it just doesn't. So that's where that's where we found um, that by doing a, a, a manual feed, we have a client that has three different feeds and it works great. They have a manual feed, they have an API feed, and then they have a different app feed for all of their products. So technically, their products are repeated three times. 
Saul, is that is that data being pushed in overlapping, or is that just I'm picturing I can almost picture like a like a pixel and like an API connection or a server to server postback for tracking. Is are they using those three those three types just to ensure that Google's getting as much of the data as possible, or or what's the logic there? The logic um, is that you're getting as much data as possible. You're also you're also because there are three different feeds and with slightly different descriptions even though they're for the same product, they're not seen as the same product on the feeds because each feed has a different product identifier, even if it's the same URL. Um, so is that like a sneaky little hack? It's, it's a sneaky little hack because you can, you can actually, um, by having more, of, um, more products available for Google to show, then you, if you have resellers, you, you pretty much take all the space from your resellers. And if you don't have resellers, you take most of the space for your competitors for the generic stuff. Interesting, but it isn't working for everyone. So it's so it's something you test. So for for the clients that um, we've had manual and uh, API, usually manual beats API. There have been some situations where API still beats manual, so you just revert back to API. So yeah, you test it. Yeah. Very cool. For number three, tell me about enhanced conversions and why they need to be enabled for advertising twenty twenty two. That was part of the whole conversion tracking and, and modeling and how Google is trying to get you more information and actual um, real data about who's buying and, and to make sure that over the next year, their modeling and their um, targeting through that modeling still works. So it's it's just another, uh, it's a little bit of JavaScript that you still add to your checkout and, and it just grabs people's first party data. So it's, um, you know, email, uh, name, that kind of thing gets hashed get sent back to the system and then you actually match the purchase to the person. That's pretty good. Yeah. So first party data, like what we know and what on our conversations with Google uh, is first party data for next year is super important. So email lists, uh, which is the next point, make sure that your email lists are in there. Make sure that you have enhanced conversions if you if you're eligible for it. Um, so make sure that all of that's set up so that over the next year, uh, while Google moves more and more away from cookie tracking, you're you're um, you're on on uh, on track to to keep data and 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 the the targeting through that data consistent. You're catching right up here. You just covered number three and four there of the go. best ways to improve your Google Suite experience. Uh, tell us about the final one that you have on the list here. Well, we just talked about that. I think in the while I was rambling at the beginning there, just. Use your spend on third and fourth degree remove keywords on YouTube and Discovery. Of like, like I said, don't go for things to do in Victoria or don't go for, you know, if you're a baby clothes company uh, that specializes on high end cotton, organic cotton, fashionable baby clothes, don't put your money on baby clothes. Put your money on organic cotton baby clothes or high end or, you know, designer high-end cotton baby clothes, that kind of thing. Don't don't go spending money on, 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 on um, you know, baby clothes, such a, such a brand, broad, broad term and, and such a different uh, array of prices and what people want from them, right? Like it's, it's just so, 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 so different. And, and if you're just going to be competing, if you're a high-end baby clothes company where, uh, I don't know, uh, babe is 50 bucks <laughs> or, or something like that, I, um, you can't compete with uh, a Walmart type place where you, you can buy 10 for two bucks. But if you create amazing video content, you're going to- <laughs> But if you create amazing video content, you're getting ahead of those people that can actually afford to pay 50 bucks for a baby bit before they go looking 
or you make them want it. I think it definitely pays to reiterate that point. So I'm glad we covered it twice, including your ramble. Uh, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on the All Killer No Filler show today. Any uh, any exciting words to leave us with there, Hitchcocks? No, nothing too exciting. I'm heading to Dubai. I'm, I'm going to go see uh, see some friends at Oh, that's exciting. There, if anyone's going to be there, let us know. I'd, I'd love to meet up. Performance marketers' dream there in Dubai. I'm I'm glad they're making that conference happen. That's exciting. Totally. Anyone's listening, um, sending a team there maybe. So uh, hope hope to see you there. Wear your mask. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.